0: Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast hosted by Aram Layton, a minor league play-by-play voice. He does a great job covering the stars of tomorrow. Definitely recommend that you listen to that. Now let's start the show. Everybody, welcome into Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Thursday, May sixth, two thousand and twenty-one, and I want to apologize. Actually, I want to apologize to you, the audience, because yesterday there was supposed to be a show. There was. It was going to be part two of my crossover with Gabrielle, Star of Locked On Red Sox. There was uh, miscommunication on my part uh, that led to uh, me not getting a hold of that uh, that second part. Of the show. I did not have the recording. She did the recording. I wasn't able to get a hold of it in time, and because of that, uh, we went on without a show. Uh, I apologize for that. That was not my intention. I have taken days off over the last several weeks, and I think going forward when the Tigers don't play, uh, there's not much to talk about on this podcast, so I think that will continue to happen, but on a day like yesterday where they did play a game, or, I'm sorry, on Tuesday, where they did play a game. They also played one yesterday. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I, I should have a show up. So, that was uh, just miscommunication. That was my bad. I apologize. Uh, let's move on because we have two games now to cover uh, today. Let's jump right into it and talk about Tuesday's game. An 11-7 to loss at the hands of the Boston Red Sox. Look, I'll say this. The one number that kind of jumped out positively for the Tigers was the fact that they got seven runs now they were behind early fell behind eight to two in the third inning and tried to uh, claw their way back Michael Farmer was on the mound for the Tigers rough outing uh, did not help himself out made a horrific error in the first inning and, and I, I in my post game I stated something that I believe to be true and that's look the difference between a, a bad baseball team and a pretty good baseball team is two or three plays a game. Like the like the separation between the Tigers and the Dodgers, I know they're scuffling right now, but Dodgers aren't unbelievably good, is massive, right? But the Tigers and the Red Sox, and I know the Red Sox are in first place right now, but they have, they have problems. They don't have great pitching. The difference between them and a team like that is about two or three plays a game. In the first inning, there was a runner on first. Michael Fulmer had a ball hit right to him. Should have been a a double play ball. He threw it into center field. The Red Sox end up scoring four runs that inning. Only two of them earned off of Michael Fulmer. That's basically the game. And they tried to claw their way back. Some guys had really good games. Robbie Grossman was excellent. Three for three, three RBIs, two walks. You, You actually can't ask for anything better out of your leadoff guy. And if there is one person in this lineup who I feel like might get going a little bit over the next several weeks... My guess is it would probably be him. Jamer as well, but Jamer's been you know, serviceable. I mean, the OPS isn't very good, but he's he's been fine for the most part. If there's one guy I feel like could get going, it would be him because the batted ball data for him is is okay. And just given the fact that he has such good plate discipline, you got to believe that eventually water will find its level. Everybody else, I I don't have much hope for. Like, maybe Ramos, maybe. Like, he's, you know, serviceable. He's a good hitting catcher, but he's not some great hitter. And everybody else has OPSs that are in the 4-500s right now. He, he had a really good game. Jacoby Jones had a much-needed home run, and that's what everybody said. Oh, Jacoby needed that. Yeah, he needed that about three weeks ago because with that home run, he bumped his average up to 148 and his OPS up to 437. So, to me, it's kind of too little, too late. Victor Reyes also had three hits. I mean, look no further than the bottom of that order uh, on Tuesday's game. You had Willie Castro, who was batting 7th. He began the year batting, what, 2nd, 3rd? He has a he has a 196 average and a 521 OPS. Uh, Jacoby I just brought up, 148 average, 437 OPS. And Victor Reyes, 164 average and a 451 OPS. That is basically three guys at the bottom of your lineup who every night will most likely and I know they they played well on on Tuesday which is why they kind of went off a little bit there and got seven runs but most nights that's 9 to 10 outs right there. If you're wondering why this team isn't competing at all, look no further than that. Now, I I shouldn't get on the offense too much because the offense kind of did their job I mean they scored seven runs Nick Pavetta has been pitching out of his mind I think I did say in my little rant uh, on Mondays show that he was gonna shut the Tigers down he did not five innings three earned runs now that's another guy who I feel like eventually water will find its level because he wasn't good in Philly and he's looked good in a Red Sox uniform but I, I don't see that lasting I see their offense lasting that's a that's a good offense in Boston and they had a good offseason you know how insane it is and look last year was a 60-game fluky season, but the Red Sox were one game better than the Tigers last year. If not for the fact that they won their final game, they would have, I believe, had similar records. I think the, the Red Sox would have actually had a worse win percentage. And look at where they are less than a year later compared to where the Tigers are. I mean, it's completely night and day. Tigers pitching was pretty pitiful all night on Tuesday. Alex Lang, I know that they like his stuff and, you know, don't give up on him, but he's shown nothing so far that makes us think that he should even be pitching in, in AAA. Daniel Norris, an inning and a third, one run. Brian Garcia was probably the lone bright spot. Uh, one in a third inning, one strikeout, no base runners. Got, I believe, one swing and miss. One guy who I'm seriously, I'm finally concerned about, and I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt because he'd been good more than he hasn't. And he's been a meme since he's been here, you know, he've had because he's got a weird name and he's been moved around a bunch and he was kind of that fringe, you know, quadruple A pitcher for a long time. But Buck Farmer, more often than not, has been pretty serviceable since, say, 2018 when they finally converted him into the the relief role. He's been, he's been fine. He's not gangbusters, but he's fine. Uh, Yeah, it's time to seriously wonder uh, about him. His ERA is now 11.81. Gave up a monster home run in the sixth inning the other night against Boston. I know that he'd been making more of an attempt to work on his slider in spring training, and that's great. But it seems like he's continuing to try to do that in the regular season, and you end up getting popped. I didn't really understand that. Like the issues that Buck Farmer have always, the issues that Buck Farmer has always had is uh, mechanics, I- inconsistency, inability to repeat his delivery. It's never been stuff, and especially as a reliever, I feel like that fastball changeup combo plays pretty well in the later innings. But he has not been able to find it. He looks really lost right now. You know, I, I don't know how many years they have him left for. I mean, believe it or not, this is I think Buck Farmer's eighth year. That he's pitched at Comerica Park, maybe even ninth. Twenty fourteen was when he made his debut, and they they mishandled him from the beginning. I mean, that was one of the key problems with the Dombrowski era; is they did a poor job of handling their farm system. He was a pretty highly touted out of. Georgia Tech. I mean, they liked him as a college pitcher, and he went straight from double A to the majors because that was at a time where the farm system was completely barren. They called him up, and I give him credit for salvaging what was a poor situation, or at least a, a poorly managed situation. But right now, uh, he looks bad. Uh, the, the problem is, you don't have anybody else. I mean, Joe Jimenez uh, tried to close a game out in triple A the other night, gave up a solo home run in his first pitch. So this is going to be the bullpen you're going to have for the remainder of the year, as bad as it's been. And, and this is. This this is one part of the team that is surprising to me. I thought the bullpen would be a little better, and I think Soto's been good, and I think that Brian Garcia is starting to turn a corner. The ERA isn't good, but I like his stuff. I think he'll be okay. We know about his problems missing bats, but I thought Norris would be better. I thought Alexander would be a little bit better. Cisnero is another one. He gave up a home run the other night. His ERA is ugly, but I, I like his stuff. So I'm not going to completely rule him out, but even even him, his ERA six three five. That's not good. I knew the offense would be bad. I didn't think they would be as historically awful potentially as they are, but I, I knew they'd be bad. And I figured the starting rotation would be spotty. They've actually probably been about as good, maybe a little bit better even than I expected them to be. Mize and, and Schubel uh, haven't been necessarily though. By the time I'm recording this segment, Mize hasn't pitched tonight, so I could change uh, my stance on that. But I thought the bullpen would be serviceable. I remember thinking last year with Garcia and Norris kind of turning a corner and Alexander and Cisnero and Farmer thinking, okay, they might have a little core here. And um, that core is now rotten. The bullpen's been uh, horrible so far this season. And and, and even Tuesday's a game, I can't get on them a bunch because – your starter gave you two-thirds of an inning. Like, like, that's why you lost. If you can't get a guy who's going to get you out of the first inning, and I know they don't have uh, Falmer on a long leash or anything like that, but you got to be better. You, you got to be better. I know the command wasn't great, and I know he made that error, but two-thirds of an inning, get out of here. All right, Tigers lost 11-7. to When I come back, we're going to talk about the second game that went down yesterday in Fenway Park against the Red Sox. We'll be right back. The improved built bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. Ten female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement mother's day or simply a beautiful conversation piece they're the perfect way to bring light into her life they're available now through mother's day only on blue just search the words 10 by 10 and we are back for the second segment, and it, a little uh, inside the actor's studio here, a little bit but behind the curtain, I record these podcasts, or these segments, I'm sorry, uh, several hours apart from each other. For instance, I recorded segment number one several hours before yesterday's game went down, and I'm now recording minutes after game two just ended, and uh, a lot happened. I was on a, a live stream uh, last night with Jared Carabas of Barstool Sports, um, are we at a point where I can call him a friend? I mean, we've known each other for several years. I don't know. It, it depends on how you how you define it, but uh, I, I view him as a friend and went on there, watched the uh, Tigers-Red uh, Sox uh, game, and it turned out to be one of the craziest games of the year and, believe it or not, a Tigers victory. Now, we do have to start. It was 6-3, to by the way, in 10 innings, but we do have to start with who was on the mound for Detroit. Casey Mize was great. Casey, Casey Mize was awesome. He went six innings. He gave up three hits, he only allowed one earned run, did walk four, and had three strikeouts. Uh, I think what I said in my post game was very true in this instance. It was not a start that you looked at and you went, wow, Mize had everything going tonight. The splitter was just tumbling out of the zone and guys were swinging and missing at it. He, the fastball was in the upper 90s. It wasn't. We were seeing a lot of 93 mile per hour heaters. I'm sure the spin rate was fine. I believe most of that is a reflection of the wet, kind of muggy conditions uh, at Fenway Park yesterday. So I, I'm not worried worried about his velocity or anything like that. The splitter was not particularly effective, but it was it was one of those grinded out starts where every time he needed an out, he got it. And I think that is a result of locating his fastball very effectively. Only got those 3 strikeouts to me a moment that uh, stands out is that sixth inning where he, they had runners on first and second. Boston did with nobody out, and Mize just pitched around it. He just threw some great pitches. No, it wasn't the flashiest start in the world. Not a ton of swings and misses. Not a ton of strikeouts. But he just battled. He just fought and clawed his way through it. I thought he was he was excellent uh, last night. A, a very very solid step in the right direction for Casey Mize. He's a major league pitcher. Like he has proven it enough times now. He's had two. Great starts this season. One other really good start. Actually, two if you want to include his first outing against Minnesota. This is why, and and the Lockdown Tigers account tweeted this, this is why spring training is such a crapshoot. Because if you would have put a gun to my head and said, which guy is going to get off to a hot start this year? And not to say Mize is... You know, gangbusters. He's got a 4-4-1 ERA. But if you would have asked me which guy's going to get off to a better start, Tarek Skubal or Casey Mize, just based on what I saw in spring training, I would have absolutely said Skubal. His stuff looked better. His command was better. He was getting more swings and misses. He appeared to be the more confident pitcher, whereas Mize was on the mound. It seemed like he was overthinking a little bit. I believe AJ might have even said that uh, at points, and yet you get to the regular season, and Mize is a major league pitcher. He's going to take his lumps. He's going to struggle, but I know the stuff is really good, and last night on a night where it wasn't amazing, he still battled, and Skubal... Appears to be the one who's a little bit unconfident and and overthinking. Frustrating from Scooball's standpoint, but a, a solid step in the right direction for Casey Myers. Thought he was great. Bullpen tried to blow it. Norris gave up a run. Uh, Brian Garcia blew the save when he gave up that two-run shot to J.D. Martinez. A guy who had a nice game last night was Jacoby Jones, and he homered in the first game of this series as well. Jacoby Jones is one of the strangest Tigers of all time. He's one of the streakiest Tigers of all time. Now, I would say 70% of the time he has not been on, but there's that that random 30% where you have looked at him, and, and just if you take his highlights, you would say, This is a guy who's going to bat leadoff for a good Major League team, and given his athleticism and and defensive prowess when he wants to be uh, prowess defensively, when he wants to be prowess, when he wants to have prowess uh, defensively, this is a guy with like a 4-5 war kind of ceiling, and he's not, obviously, because he strikes out all the time, and even with the home run last night, his OPS is now up to 471, but... He's always been frustrating. But last night, solid form. Easy got to root for. I've never disliked Jacoby Jones. I've Never really disliked anybody on this team, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe Bruce Rondon, but he doesn't play here anymore. Then you get to the 10th inning. Jamer Candelario hits a three-run home run down the right field line. His OPS now up to 752. As I predicted yesterday... I said that I believe that Jamer's power numbers were probably going to go up. I felt like he was seeing the ball uh, pretty well. The average was solid, which made you believe that the power is going to be bumped up. Now, it was uh, probably not going to be a home run in any other parks. It was right down, right inside the the pesky pole there, right field at Fenway. But uh, that was a big moment. And then Gregory Soto, they tried to get him through two innings. And this is where I do respect Hinch a lot. I think that sometimes a team can lose one game twice. And I think Hinch, when they took that 6-3 lead, realized... We gotta win this. Uh, we can't. We can't mess around. So he stuck with his best reliever for another inning. He didn't get through it. And then you had the option of going with. You could have gone with with Fulmer, which they did. You could have gone with Holland. Uh, Derek Holland, as good as he was in spring training, again, spring training is a crapshoot. Derek Holland uh, does not have it. Derek Holland will be a garbage time guy this year until uh, he gets released, or they just let let him end the year on the team. I think they probably like him too much uh, to cut him at any point, but he, he's not the guy in a situation like that. You couldn't use Lang. I guess you could have used Farmer, maybe, but you'd have a tough time explaining why you used a guy with an 11 one ERA in the 10th inning in a high-leverage situation. So they went with Fulmer, and he looked really good. Struck out Kike Hernandez for the final out, 96-mile-per-hour fastball that Hernandez spit on. I think he was probably sitting on an off-speed pitch. A good win, a good win, and the, the two games they have played thus far in this series... Have been substantially better. I think I don't think they called some big team meeting. I don't think AJ Hinch is about that. He knows that these guys are professionals, but I do think that there has been more of a concerted effort to just put together better at bats. I, I feel like they're they're swinging at better pitches. Now they still leave a lot of guys on base and they still strike out all the time. This is still a bad baseball team. I mean, they're nine and twenty-two, but last night was a very very memorable game. And look, Casey Mize starts get me excited. They do. They get me pumped because. Uh, they believe he's going to be a cornerstone piece here, and given the kind of stuff that he has and the pedigree that he has in, in regards to how highly touted he was coming up through the system, yeah, uh, he might be. So, good outing all around. When I come back in segment number three, we're going to preview today's game, Spencer Turnbull on the mound against Nathan Avaldi, the rubber match of this three-game set against the Red Sox. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts and we're back for the final segment little note here from uh, the the Tigers PR Twitter account uh, closing out tonight's game in extra innings Michael Falmer became the first pitcher in Tigers history to start one day and earn a save the next. Only in baseball, my friends, only in baseball. So we got one more game here against the Red Sox today. A 110 game in Fenway Park on the mound for the Tigers. You have Spencer. Turnbull. Turnbull comes in with a 1-2 and record and a four five zero ERA. This, of course, coming from MLB.com. Turnbull's record doesn't reflect the quality of his pitches, but the struggle to translate that into results. He looked like a sinker baller against the Yankees, inducing 11 groundouts, but the righty walked three batters and hit another over five plus innings. His issue is going to be missing bats. He's got to find a way to miss more bats because the idea of, okay, he was a sinker baller and maybe he struggled a little bit, that's true. But if you're going to be a sinker baller, you can't miss with your command. You can't be walking three batters in a five-inning start and expect to have success. On the mound for the Red Sox is a guy who is capable of missing a fair amount of bats, and that is Nathan Avaldi. He comes in with a 4-2 and two record and a 3-6-2 ERA for the Red Sox. I believe he was their opening day stata. This year, Avaldi has given the Red Sox exactly what they've needed in the two spot in their rotation last time out. He held the Rangers to one run over six innings. Ivaldi is 2-0 with a one eight nine ERA and three starts against the Tigers, but hasn't faced them since 2015. Look, Nathan Avaldi's legacy in Boston is pretty set. He was unbelievable in the postseason in 2018 for them. He was phenomenal. He's always had electric stuff, one of the hardest-throwing pitchers in the entire sport. Every time I watch him, I say, how is he not better? I think given... Uh, how nasty his stuff is, given his velocity, I feel like this is a a lineup he could feast on. I hope to be wrong. Hey, you know what? They got one under their belt. How about let's go on a winning streak and make it two and take a series from the first place Red Sox. Hey, what does AJ Hinch say? And thus, what have I said? You know that quote in the office where Michael writes down Wayne Gretzky and then puts Michael Scott? This is me. We can win tomorrow. AJ Hinch, also Chris Castellani. Let's do it. So that'll do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I two o one four. You can follow this show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five star review of this program. It would be much much appreciated. I will be back here tomorrow trying to book a big guest. For the podcast on Friday to make up for the fact that I had no show yesterday, we will see. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts.